The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to the Quirky Dog Podcast, inspired by some of the quirkiest dogs you can ever imagine and the owners who love them. This podcast is brought to you by the quirky couple themselves, Scott and Jess Williams. Their aim is to educate and entertain. Here's Scott and Jess. Welcome, guys, and happy Wednesday. I feel so empty up here without guests and balloons and everything else. Today, we are going to talk about situational awareness. But first, we're going to start with the quirky tip of the day. All right, my quirky tip of the day um, is... If you have not already, please subscribe to Frankie Joris's new newsletter. It's awesome. I just subscribed. I've already gotten homemade dog treat recipes. Wow. I've gotten freaking free trick videos. It's great. So go to dogpotentialunleashed.com and subscribe to her newsletter. We had Frankie on as a guest in our podcast, and she truly is one of the like most wholesome, great voices out there in the world as far as dogs and just people and social justice issues and everything else. So go subscribe to our newsletter. Super happy stuff. Most of it, all, all of it so far that I know is for free. I'm all about social justice. <laughs> You're all about all the things. I'm double fisting. What kind of coffee did you make? A vanilla cream puff or something? That's what I said, and that's why all I right. gave it to you. Yeah, so I got coffee. I got water. Scott's got coffee. The 200th was great. Thank you guys so much for um, joining us and celebrating with us and everything else. I did want to touch on real quick, we are launching apparel just for the month of September. It will close. It is not a long-standing thing. Chrissy, did you already put the photo up? Or are you going to do it now? Look at She's on it. She's amazing. Limited um, edition. Yeah, so there's different um, colors and a bunch of sizing options and everything else on the website. And the thing that is not pictured there is the dog apparel. And I want to touch on that. Very briefly, because I had the guy order me some because I worry about dog apparel stuff. So this is the medium, you guys. I would probably have put this on Gigi if um, Gigi was still alive. Last night, I put the large on Sink. Sink is 30 pounds. She's 19 and a half inches. And it was a little tight. I'd maybe go extra large. Jimmy is our 45-pound Border Collie. He's 21 inches tall, and he's wearing an extra large. He so was if you, totally humiliated. He, he was a little bit. Well, he Poor came dog. to show it was you. borderline abusive. He came to show you that he was wearing it, and then you weren't excited. So he if came, you are going to... He gonna, came to me for help. If you are going to order dog apparel, please reach out first um, and let me help you with sizing, because it just says on the website, like, some poundage stuff, and they're always off. So it's a little bit different than you may think. The human stuff is pretty on par, and I'm super excited about all the new options, so Please check out the link and order by the end of September. Okay, this is a Scott topic. I think it's a good one, babe. Well, I was thinking, uh, again, just about talking with my clients out in the field every day. And situational awareness is a big part of if you have a reactive dog, um, keeping yourself out of trouble and keeping your dog from getting triggered and blowing up, which is um, one of the big reasons people call me. And... Um, you know, people are typically not in the moment, and we've talked about being present. And what they typically say is, came out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> this, like, this little kid came out of nowhere. Yeah. A dog came out of nowhere. Nothing comes out of nowhere. Everything comes from somewhere. And uh, it doesn't happen to us. And my Malinois is not a dog that I'd want a child to run up and give a big hug. I don't know how he re would respond. Um, probably it would be okay, but I'm not certainly going to take a chance of anything going south, especially with little kids. Even just a, a paw scratch can, yeah. can really hurt a child's face. So I am always situationally aware when I have my dog. I go for 
I haven't done it this week, but I was taking uh, my dog out for walks early in the morning. You did it in Chatham. Yeah, and um, I'm aware of what's going on. I, it was a, it was a, I was on one road where it was, there wasn't any houses. It was just long, quiet road. I took him off leash, and then when we got up to some busy area, I put him back on leash, and then we had a lot of dogs passing us and all kinds of activities, and um, it was, it went without a hitch. It was yeah. no problem. But I'm aware of what's going on. I'm looking at people that say, hey, can I, what kind of dog is that? Can I pet your dog? And I said, no, thanks for asking. You know, we're, for whatever reason, we're, we're working, we're going, boom, we go by, you know? And, yeah. Uh, so, well, you and you're need- coming at it from the client perspective, but I think of it like, as far as I'm concerned, I'm situationally aware of other reactive dogs, like other BS that's going to pop up and like protecting our own dogs who are neutral also. So there's many different ways to come at it. And we even had it happen yesterday. We were, we had a floating appointment. Um, we like to float sensory deprivation tanks. I was actually out in the backyard smoking a joint and Vital's just running loose. She has a toy and everything else. And I think she dropped her toy to run after the squirrel, right? Yeah, squirrel c- yeah. just came up in the we backyard. Have no, we have no fencing around our yard. Jess Jimmy. is stoned out to lunch. <laughs> I was not stoned out to lunch at all. I was very situationally aware. Um, Jimmy, I just put him on the treadmill. He was out there with us, like on a bed in the shade, chilling out. Vital's just running around, throwing her toy up and everything else. And literally within a moment's notice, the squirrel just started walking across the yard. And she's twitchy. She's, you know, has a very fast twitch kind of dog and um very motion sensitive and she was like oh my god what's that and like left her toy to go run and i screamed vital here she turned grabbed her toy and drove back into me you even complimented my recall it was that an was, excellent recall that was nice of you and you just can't create those type of moments you know yeah. i mean you can proof the hell out of stuff and try to create these real life moments but that dog's playing with her toy and the next thing you know she was at least 10 to 15 yards away before jess even was able to call her and she just turned on a dime and came right back, which was nice. She was still looking at the squirrel when she came back. <laughs> she was, she was like, oh, the toy, like, oh, can I go now? Go? Now can go? I go? Yeah, but then these are the things, like, it just comes second nature to us, but our clients especially struggle with it. And I'm just so situationally aware just to keep my dog safe and protected and everything else. So we're going to go through some different ways, some different scenarios to kind of be prepared and everything else. And this is a big topic. I was doing some research on it and like you type in situational awareness into freaking Google, they talk about all kinds of things. So there's basically three stages of it and it's perception, comprehension, and projection. So your perception of situational awareness is like, What's going on? You know, what should I be ready for? What could happen? Everything else. Comprehension is actually like understanding, like what you're going to do about it, how you're going to work through it and everything else. And then projection is, yes, how does that situation work out? But then future situations, how do they work out? And there's different levels of, this was on somebody's specific um, site about situational awareness. You can be like comatose, so you're not able to function at all, and you're not situationally aware That's whatsoever. Mo- most of society. Well, not that bad. Highly alert. You know, there's a confirmed threat. You must act. I would say that if anything, sometimes clients are hypervigilant and they're highly alert when they shouldn't be. And maybe that's creating more issues for their dogs. They're just always concerned that there's like this impending threat and they have to be super concerned about it. Yes, most people need more situational awareness, but those who are situationally aware, maybe it's too much. So they may fall into that high alert area. Focused awareness, you're just carefully observing a potential threat. 
relaxed awareness. You're enjoying life while paying attention. I guess I would fall into that category yesterday when I was sitting in the backyard. And then you're totally tuned out. You're not paying attention at all. So comatose is like medically not there and then tuned out. That's how a lot of, (laughs) not only you, but that's how a lot of society lives these days. So it's important to kind of bring it back, especially when our dogs are around us, right? I don't care what you guys do on your own time. I really don't even care how you interact with your kids. But when you have your dogs in your presence, you cannot be tuned out. That is not an okay way to be. Yeah. And I always think about analogies when I'm trying to explain the importance of something or get it to sink in. And, you know, the first thing I thought of was, women that take self-defense classes. One of the first things that they're taught is this situational awareness of, you know, be aware of your environment and make, you know, conservative choices. Don't go down a poorly lit alley or road that, or go under a bridge that's dark at night, things where you potentially could be harmed, you know? And you're scanning the environment. It's not being paranoid. It's just being aware. Be aware of what's going on. And people that are involved, again, with self-defense, martial artists, things like that, they're keeping people that they perceive as a threat always at an arm's length away from them. Because if they're within an arm's length, they can get hit. So if someone's coming at them, the first thing they're doing is backing up. And they're just trying to maintain a certain buffer. And we do that with our dogs, too. If, if a, kid, a little kid is running at me with my dog, and there's no parent in sight, and they're like you know three, and they're not listening... I'm going to try and create a buffer there, but I'm also maybe going to have to back up. I need to really get this kid to understand you're not going to make contact with my yeah. dog right now. You know, yeah. in, a, in a polite way, I don't need to scream at the kid where he runs away crying and they say, that man is very mean with his dog. <laughs> but I'm just making sure that there is an interaction where I don't want there to be interaction. Yeah, and this is hard, um, especially for some women, but both sexes, sometimes having to step up like this, like assert yourself. This is not something that's normal. But when you have a dog, a small dog that could get injured, a big dog, a dog that everyone's attracted to, some dogs are just freaking really good looking. We had this pit bull in for board and train recently, and I swear to God, the dog was like a magnet. I mean, we'd take him anywhere, and everyone's like flocking to him, like, oh my gosh, he's so striking. Like, this is so amazing. You may have a dog that people are more into, and you're going to have to be an advocate for your dog there and stepping in and everything else. So when would this type of thing pop up? I would say anytime that you're going into a vet's office, if you have a dog that's a little bit iffy, go in without your dog at first. Don't just walk into the vet's office with your flexi, let it loose. All of a sudden, you know, shit hits the fan before anyone's aware it can happen. Walk into the vet's office, get a little bit of lay of the land, figure out what's going on. And then start your appointment, especially if it's a new vet's office, if you're not sure of the way the setup is or anything else. If you're going to... Go ahead. I was going to say, it's, it doesn't. your dog can be great. Yeah. I'd still do the same thing if I had a very, very social dog, because you may be walking into a dog that is not real social. So you want to just get a lay of the land, see what's going on in there before you take your dog and go walking in, you know? Yeah. Scott's a little better about doing that than me. I bring our dogs into the vet's office I'm used to now. But yes, in general, it's a good rule of thumb. Um, A dog show, another great situation. A lot of people that listen to this podcast, we have a ton of pet owners. We have some dog trainers. There's a lot of people who are competitively, competitively involved in dog sports. If you are going to a venue, I don't care if it's a venue you go to every weekend, walk in, see what everything's like before you bring your crates and your dog and you're doing everything and you're setting up. See what's going on there. See what the energy feels like. See if there's a crazy reactive asshole dog in a soft crate near the door that everybody has to come in and out of. And then like make your choices, figure it out, but figure out what's going on before you have to rush in with your dog and your equipment and everything. 
Hiking, huge one, you guys. A lot of people love enjoying off-leash hiking with their dogs. We fall into that group. Um, Hiking can be a little bit dicey, right? I lived out in Colorado before I moved to New England. There were legitimate bears on the trails. Like, this was a thing. I would have, you know, bells on my dogs and everything else. I needed to be very aware of what was popping up, what could be there, what could be around the bend, make sure I had excellent control of my dogs and everything else. This just happened with the squirrel in our backyard. When you're hiking, you can encounter deer, a little chipmunk. Some dogs love birds. Even on the beach, they'll swim out in the middle of the ocean. If your dog is off-leash and you are enjoying either a hike in the mountains or a hike on the trails or a walk on the beach, you need to be very situationally aware of what's going on to keep your dog safe and make sure you do not lose your dog in the process. Yeah. And when we were down on the South shore uh, last week, we were on a beach. We had Cousteau on a beach off leash and this guy was in the water and he stands up. He's in about four feet of water and says, is that a Belgian Malinois? I was very proud. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. And he starts, of course, marching up out of the surf because, and he has, and he has to say, you know, I'm a dog guy. I'm part dog. Yeah, and, and we I, just know, very he, quickly handed he, Cousteau a flip-flop. <laughs> well, I told him to lay down. We said, you know, we'd rather you not interact with them. And we just chatted with the guy while Cousteau was in a downstairs. But I will say, well, the funny thing about him was that Let him be. <laughs> he, was a, he was a nice guy. He <laughs> yeah. was a great guy. But yeah. he turned out his dog had bit someone, and then he got bit by another dog, and Everybody all this has stuff's trouble. going on. Everybody has trouble. <laughs> but the bottom line is we're very situationally aware of what was going on. And we have to be. And we're just, this is who we are as people, right? We have these pet dogs. We have our personal dogs, whether they're great or maybe they could get into an altercation with a dog or something else. It doesn't matter. We need to make sure that we are very situationally aware. And it comes second nature for us right now, but a lot of people struggle with this issue. All right, let's go to break super quick. And when we come back, we're going to hash this out a little more. Want to keep up with all the latest from the Quirky Dog Podcast like me and Murphy here? Then make sure you head on over to the YouTube channel and subscribe. Or if you prefer to listen to the madness, go on over to iTunes or Spotify and follow the Quirky Dog Podcast. And hey, while you're there, leave a rating and review and let them know what you think of the show. Until then, keep it quirky. Go for it. I just wanted to say, um, with regard to that beach scenario... Or if you're in this informal dog park, or even if you choose to go to a dog dog park, which I, I'm really against, before you just bring your dog and, and take him off leash in that scenario, we always, we, we typically would be at a beach. And there'll be other dogs at the beach. But before we get anywhere near other people and their dogs, I'm observing the control that people yeah. have of their dogs. Yeah. So if they don't have their dogs off leash, they're telling me they don't have control of the dog off leash. I appreciate that. I'm so happy they have their dog on a leash. If the dog is off leash, I'm looking to see how far away does that dog course from the owner before they're coming back to the owner. Because if they're going 50 yards away, the person has no control of their dog. They're just walking the beach and allowing their dog to run and course the beach, but they have no control of the dog. And if someone's out there calling their dog repeatedly <laughs> and they can't get their dog back, yeah. I mean, uh, we don't take our dog. We don't go on the beach. Yeah. We just, that's okay. We're, this is not our day for the beach. And we do not take our dog on the beach because we know that they can't control their dog. And if there's a problem, it's up to us now to control our dog and their dog and deal with this chaos. And yeah, we just and don't want to deal with that you stuff. You can transfer that over to a group class with a group class of dogs or some sort of seminar or something else. If, you know, people in a certain corner seem like their dogs are a little bit loose and they don't have great control, pick the other side of the room. Go kitty corner to that. And I'm hoping, we're hoping that you can generalize these situations. We're not going to go through a million situations on the podcast. But one last one that I'll bring up is if you're bringing your dog to another pe- person's house or maybe a hotel or something 
something else. Situational awareness is very important there. I would say more so another person's home than a hotel. That kind of is more clear cut sometimes. But legitimately, like, make sure you know the way the house is laid out. If they have a young child, do they have gates? Go in and figure out the way that is going to look. Hopefully you've brought a crate for your dog or you can lock the dog in the bedroom and the dog can be, you know, safe and, you know, everything else there. Just because you guys live a certain way doesn't mean that people don't have potpourri out on their tables. It doesn't mean that they don't have Advil that's spilled underneath their couch. Make sure that you are very situationally aware of a new environment that you and your dog are going into before you just bring your dog in and say like, okay, here we go. All right. So as far as, go ahead. I was going to say one thing about the walking when I take my dog for a walk in the mornings. Um, you know, I'm, I'm addicted to my phone. I oh, tend I was, to look at the phone, Cell phones right? is my next topic. But Great. Uh, here I am with a dog that's a powerful dog. And I've even taken my, my earbuds with me thinking, oh, it'd be nice to um, listen to a podcast. And I never do it because I know that if I have earbuds in and a podcast going, it may keep me from hearing someone coming up behind me. Like it could be a jogger. It could be someone with a dog. It could be anything. So I have enough forethought and enough concern that whenever I go for a walk with my dog, and the nice thing about it, the benefit is I'm in the moment, I'm listening to the birds, I'm listening to nature, and I'm on a, a walk where I'm present with my dog, as opposed to having earbuds in and just like at the gym where you're, you're, you're oblivious to everyone around you and you're just doing your workout with this music cranking in your head, yeah. you know? No, that's a good point. And with cell phones, I mean, cell phones are an issue for our society, right? There's people literally walking along on the sidewalk, falling into holes. There is a reason that it is a law now not to be able to text and drive. Accidents went up. Cell phones are a problem. Cell phones allow us to tune out. They split our attention, everything. If you are going to be working with your dog in public, really ideally in private, I just think it's kind of rude if you're, you know, trying to do a training session and you're just on your phone with your dog, like spend that time with your dog. If you're going to be hiking, you know, with your dog, do not make that about the phone. Do not make that about podcasts. Have your own specific time for that. It will increase your situational awareness and it will also increase your relationship with your dog because you're actually enjoying that time with your dog. You're not trying to take a conference call, get the dog off leash on the beach and, you know, do freaking some sort of workout all at the same time. We're really big into multitasking in our society. When it comes to the dog, let's try to do one thing at a time and focus on the dog's safety and what's going on around the dog dog and keeping everyone around the dog safe and the dog and you as happy as possible. Yeah. I mean, I can tell you, you know, I'm not big. We're not big on the retractable leashes, but when I was in California, the bank teller that I went to every day for, to do business with had her dog get hit by a car because the dog was on a flexi and she, it was parked on the side of the road. She's getting in the driver's side door and her dog had the freedom to walk eight feet out behind her while she's opening her car door and got run over by a car that just happened to be riding by, which was a terrible, terrible experience for her and so preventable. But again, it wasn't being aware of the possibilities of what can happen yeah. when you have a retractable leash where that dog has 10 or 12 feet to come and go at will in traffic. Yeah, you no, know? this is very true. So let's talk about people. Everyone now in society is ADHD or ADD and, you know, going Not everyone, and, well, but the, 99%. Yes. Most of society is getting diagnosed with this as adults, everything. So I am not saying that that diagnosis is I just not, do the a, medication. not a real thing. Stop. Snort it. Um, but like legitimately, we've mentioned it before, Gabor Mate from Canada. He's done a ton of research on ADHD. Scattered Minds is an amazing 
um, book to read. You can get it on Audible. He just does amazing work. You can pull up an interview with him. If you are someone that has this propensity or you have children that have this propensity or you're a dog trainer and you have clients that have this propensity, you can just tell. Like You're talking to the client and they're anywhere but there. They're a million steps ahead. They're thinking about buying dryer sheets on the way home. You know, they're not there in the moment. Some things that you should start to maybe incorporate is some techniques like, Hey, like tell me three new things that you see right now, or, you know, you can have your client start doing this. Like when you first go for a walk, look and see three new things on the trail that you haven't noticed before, and then focus on the dog that will get people more in the moment. They'll get more connected your breath. That is a really good one. We very consistently with our clients are like, take a deep breath, be in the moment. How do you feel? Take a deep breath. Okay. Are you connected? All right. Start now. Closing your eyes. Obviously, this does not make you more situationally aware as far as the visual goes, but sometimes if you're sitting on a park bench, I want your dogs to be on leash, obviously, in this situation. Don't have your dogs running all about and then be closing your eyes. But sit there, close your eyes. You're going to start to have more senses. Your auditory senses are going to pick up. Your olfactory senses are going to pick up. There's going to be more ways that all of this kind of comes in and comes around. And if you think, oh, I'm not going to get this zen-like in a class with my clients or anything else, we do these types of things. We do this all the time. Like, take a seat, take a breath, close your eyes, take a minute. You know, all of this stuff. And it helps people just be like more grounded, more understanding that, okay, this is what I do. And people can find mindfulness all on their own, but most people aren't going to seek it out on their own. However, you can bring it into training sessions and it really is for the greater benefit of the dog. And as an aside, it's a benefit for the human. So they start to practice these types of things more. Can you think of anything else that I missed? Oh yeah. A lot of things. All right, go. What else? Well, one thing I would say, uh, a great way to keep you in the moment and be more situationally aware without having to work so hard <laughs> is to take your dog to a, on a walk where you've never gone before. Because I have found that, and it's the same theory about how most of the car accidents people have are within like, I don't know, a mile, two mile radius or a mile radius of their home. Because once you get into that familiar territory, you don't have to pay attention. If I'm driving through some city I haven't been before, I'm like, I'm keeping an eye on those streets. I need to know where I am, what's going on, because I'm trying to get somewhere. I'm very much in the moment. But, you know, I got stopped by a, a cop at a stop sign that's right outside our house a couple of weeks ago. And the cop, you know, he, he luckily I didn't get a ticket. But he asked me, you know, did you see the stop sign? And I'm thinking to myself, I don't think I've ever stopped at that stop <laughs> sign. Like, like I've been there four years. Is it a yield or a stop? <laughs> the thing is, the road I go on to, you can see so far down both sides that you can see for a mile away if a car is coming. So I do this rolling stop every friggin' day. I'm not thinking. I'm just going through the motions. And when you go for a walk in the same neighborhood, the same kind of thing can happen. You can wind up halfway through the walk and not even be aware of anything that happened around you because you've done that same walk so many times. You don't have to think about it. And that's what leads you to daydream and look at your phone and do different things because you feel as though you're familiar with the environment. You know where the potholes are in that street. So you just keep going. But if you take, put your dog in the car and go to a new environment, take him out and go for a walk, now you're looking around like, I haven't been here before. I wonder if there's dogs on this street or what's going on. Yeah, and it's, it's funny an easier you say way that because we were present. talking about... If you had, you know, 
issues with your clients that have situations like this. When Scott and I had a facility, we frequently would switch up where we trained for some reason or another. I don't know why. It wasn't like we always got in the car and did field trips. A lot of it had to do with nose work and we wanted to go work in the bathroom and do hides there or whatever. But, you know, sometimes we do a class in the parking lot. Sometimes we do a class in the gravel yard. So if you have a client that isn't really great about honing in, that is a good one too. Try to maybe say, hey, I'll meet you at Home Depot for the next class. Or, hey, let's work, you know, out front in the lobby rather than go into the big training facility this class. Switch it up a little bit on them to see if that can get them more present. That's a good one. Yeah. Did you have other things that I missed? I mean, I know that we can go into mindfulness forever, but I'm just trying to... No, no. Just being, you know, just be aware of the surroundings. That's the whole thing because, like I said, you know, the common thing that people tell me is that this person, this dog, this kid came up out of nowhere. I had no time to respond. And part of that could be that they didn't know how to respond, so they just didn't respond. And that gets into having a plan. So part of being aware of the surroundings is and being confident and comfortable in, in these new environments is having a plan for what happens. And um, yeah. I've talked about body blocking. You know, if someone's coming, the first thing I do is I step between my dog and whatever it is that's coming. It's just a natural thing. I don't stand there with my dog standing there, hoping with my fingers crossed that my dog likes this person because I have clients with dogs like that. They're like good with maybe 40 or 50% of the people or even 70% of the people. They're just really good. And then another person will spook them and they'll hackle up and lunge. And they don't understand why. Rather than trying to figure out why right now, let's make sure that doesn't happen. You know, and as simple as just stepping in front of the dog and controlling the situation, you know? Yeah, and if you do feel like it came out of nowhere and you didn't have a plan, then make a plan for the future. You know, that's what they're talking about as far as this whole projection thing goes. And when you said, oh, it came out of nowhere, I think of um, last Thanksgiving, we were hit by a deer, uh, you know, coming back from Thanksgiving, a deer hit the driver's side door. And then a few months later, actually, Scott was driving back from dinner and another deer ran in front of the car and we've gotten deer whistles since. But that to me is something like, I couldn't prepare, I didn't see it happening. And then my brain segued over to when Scott was talking, you don't want that to be your dog. One, for your own sake and the loss of your own dog, but for the person that freaking out of nowhere, God, if I would have killed either deer or an animal at any point, if I see a squirrel, I'm going to get into like a six-car pileup so I don't kill it. So please try to have the forethought that you're not losing your dog in these situations, that they're at risk of, you know, getting hit by some sort of vehicle or another person has to go through the trauma of that. Last thing I want to touch on is... How do certain situations make you or your dog feel before, during, and after? And this is more than situational awareness. It, you know, taps into emotion and everything else a little bit. But I do think it's important because there's things, some dogs are fine, some people are fine, and then there's a certain tech or there's a certain vet or there's a certain groomer or you go for a walk with a certain friend or a certain daycare employee takes your dog that day um, or, you know, a certain dog walker if you have a company that rotates dog walkers and the dog and the person just don't mesh very well or the dog doesn't, has a specific dog they don't mesh very well with or maybe you feel less you feel ickier after, I don't know, like be mindful of your own emotions. You know, I was feeling good and then I saw this person and then I feel a little less good. I'm a little lower after this. Be thoughtful about these sorts of things and start to tweak the way that you handle things. Say like, hey, you know, do you mind if we see a different tech at one point? Change vet's offices if you need to. Don't keep going into these situations where it's like, wow, 95% of the time we have zero issue and then there's just a little something energetically off here 
that really is not getting better ever. Why do you keep entering that situation? Be situationally aware of how you feel before, during, and after, and get a little bit of a read on your dog. You know, it's hard. They're not going to tell us exactly what they're feeling with their emotions, but we know our dogs. We know, like, you know, he doesn't really like to deal with that person. It's just like how we don't have the kids going to hug the uncles anymore. Your dog doesn't have to freaking go greet everybody and be everybody's friend if they don't Especially want to. Especially the creepy uncle. Yeah, and the dogs have the same way. Dogs have a sixth sense, you guys. The dogs that are like, oh, I don't know, I don't really feel that great about something. And to segue that over to the competitive sector again, for those of you who are competing, if you go to a certain show site and like every single time after your plantar fasciitis is like blowing up from walking in between and you have all this pain or your lungs are bad from, you know, running in dirt or your dogs are sore from whatever the surface was, this is less about emotion, more physical fallout. Stop. Be more situationally aware. Unless it's world team tryouts, stop entering that show. Your freaking titles and your qualifying scores are not that important. Be aware of how you feel because it's hard to feel good in society. So let's set ourselves up to feel as good as possible as often as possible. Yeah. And then uh, I was thinking this morning when we were talking about the situational awareness, I was thinking what profession requires the most situational awareness? And to me, that was the secret service. And so if you think about the president being the dog, right? (laughs) And they're out walking their dog. You look at those guys. I looked at videos. I was trying to find a picture of, I Googled a secret service person, like looking at their cell phone while working. You won't see it. Those guys, when you look at them, they're scanning the crowd. They're calm. They're scanning the crowd. First thing they do, first line of defense, body block the president. Someone's coming in, a threat body block. They're a shield. They're a human shield. They're willing to take the bullets for the president. Very similar, you know? And uh, it was just an interesting analogy because a lot of things they do, they're looking for a threat. We're looking for, is there a kid that's going to run out? Is there a dog that's going to come? If you have a reactive dog or a fearful dog, you're just looking and they're not stressed out. They're very calm. Because they're calm because they're trained. They've already know in their mind what they're going to do. So they're not all nervous about, oh, what's going to happen here? They're totally calm because they've work. They have a plan. If a person comes, we're going to disarm them. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And they're not stressed about it because they have a plan. And that's the nice thing. They're aware of everything that's going on. They have a plan for worst case scenario and they just move through crowds um, and don't even give it really a second thought. Yeah. So if you want to increase your situational awareness, start to act more like a secret serviceman. All right, honey, anything else you missed? I'm sure there's more, but Uh, It is something to keep in mind, to be situationally aware of what's going on and have a plan so that you're not just creating anxiety for yourself. The point is not to be paranoid. Or your dog. You don't want to be, oh, grabbing the leash, pulling him in, all this. You don't want to be going through life paranoid. You just want to be proactive in observing what's going on in the world and um, taking care of your dog. Yeah. You know, that's all we're doing. Scott mentioned this as a topic. I had to go back. I went back through all 200 episodes. I'm like, well, we had to have done something, you know, similar to this. And we talked about self-awareness and dog training. And we did a set and setting podcast that was, you know, kind of more talking about like the psychedelic experience of like, consider the set and setting of how your dog training or where you're doing some sort of certain trip or something else. But really we have not touched on just situational awareness and it bleeds through in podcasts, you know, probably every week, if not every month, because it's just part of dog training, but is really important to focus on, especially if you have clients struggling with this especially if they have a big and powerful dog, especially if they're, they have a reactive dog or an overly fearful dog, situational awareness is paramount. And All I right. will say also in closing, like if you get invited to a barbecue, 
or something like that. And you're like, oh, I got my dog. And they're like, oh, it's okay. Bring the dog. Bring the dog. Well, you know your dog. Think about what that, scenario, that situation is going to be like. There's going to be a lot of people there. There's going to be maybe all ages. There's probably going to be drinking. Is your dog going to be okay with that? Are yeah. you going to be okay with that? And if we're telling you not to be on your phone, maybe that means now you shouldn't be interacting with other people as much and you're going to be babysitting your dog more. Be yeah. aware of what your capacity is and be aware of where you're putting your dog and how much stress you're putting on your dog. Those type of situations, I've had several clients tell me that my friggin' dog bit someone at a barbecue. Yeah. Never does that. Yeah. Well, it turns out they're eating a hamburger. Someone's got their dog cornered under a, somewhere a chair, and yeah. they're like, hey, buddy, hey, buddy, and the dog is freaking out. Yeah, and know? that's a good setting because a lot of times the friends are like, oh, no, bring the dog, bring the dog. Tell them that the dog has Giardia and has to or stay Or the dog in the gets in a dog fight with someone else who yeah. brought their dog, and that happened at a 4th of July barbecue yeah. with one of our clients. Yeah. Oh, the dog never does that. We couldn't get him to release <laughs> Like the dog was going to kill. Okay. And like starting, he ne- never did that before. We're starting to trip over into the paranoia. This is why you can't smoke the lunatic cigar, especially live. All right, you guys, next week we have a super special guest. I'm super excited about this episode. We're talking about positive herding with Barbara Bookmare. It was an awesome, awesome episode. And we talk about her new book, The Enrichment Games. But if you have not already, please click that apparel link because it's only up for this month. If you need us in person, Portland, Maine, to Manchester, New Hampshire, to Boston, Massachusetts. Email us at studio at thecorkydog.com. And have a great week, guys. Keep it quirky. quirky. (laughs) The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.